Hey team, this is Grant David Collins and welcome to Giving is a Skill, a grassroots giving podcast where ordinary people like you and me learn how to create meaning, impact, and connection with our time, talents, and money regardless of the amount. On this episode, we get to work through our first giving journey with a member of our community, Lauren Lund. So let's get started. Giving, like many important things in our lives, is a journey. And if you listen to the podcast last week, you'll know that a huge piece of our work here is geared towards helping individuals move through their own giving journeys. Now, one way we are going to make this a little bit more accessible this year is by hosting conversations with givers just like you and me who are currently on this giving journey themselves. And I've been really excited to share this conversation with all of you, not only because it is a great demonstration of how you can get off the sidelines and into giving yourself, but because of the way that you are going to connect with Lauren just like we did on our end. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So let's get into it. My name is Lauren. I'm from Riverton. My parents are still there. And I'm currently living in Lehigh. Cool. And I graduated with my undergraduate in communication disorders from BYU in 2022. And I want to be a speech therapist. I've got to do my two years master's still. So applying to grad school and currently working as a speech technician under a speech therapist at the Utah State Developmental Center. So with people with various disabilities. So all ages, all kinds of disabilities, which has been interesting because I'm getting a lot of hands on experience. But instead of it being more about them progressing in their skills, it's more about maintaining Mm. Um because a lot of them are regressing as they get older, as mm. thing their situation changes, you know. Got it. So it's been, it's been interesting. But I've worked with, um, the special needs population for forever in different, like in as a behavior technician doing behavior therapy, and then in group homes and stuff. So it's just I feel really comfortable, and it's, it's. Um, something I really enjoy and there's so many moments day to day that remind me about why I love what I do. Yeah. It's fun. Were you, um, growing up involved in the special needs community for one reason or another? I had a neighbor. So I was really good friends with his little sister. So he was my age, um, on the autism spectrum and his little sister was one of my best friends in high school. And, um, he was in my ward growing up and. I just spent a lot of time with their family. Mm. So, and then other people would tell me, oh, you seem to have a natural affinity. Like you do really well and you seem comfortable. And for me, it's always been, wait, are you uncomfortable? What? I'm like more yeah. comfortable in that setting because they don't have expectations mm-hmm. and yeah. they don't have like, they don't follow social rules. So I don't necessarily feel like I have to. And so, oh, cool. and I think they're just looking for people to just show attention and be nice and kind and talk to them about what they want to talk about, whatever. It feels lower pressure to me than like, I think among my peers even. So I think it's just something I've been really comfortable with. I feel like you and Connor have the exact same approach to those types of situations. And I would say that I am on the other side of the Sure, which is there. valid. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. looked up to Connor because in high school, we went to high school together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would just be involved with that community in a way sure. that was so authentic and just showing up and 
being excited around it. Mm -hmm. And not that I didn't want to be that way, but for me, it was, it felt a little bit more high stakes because I just wasn't familiar with it. And I feel like over time I've become more so that way, but I've always been really impressed and excited with people that just seem to be able to jump in naturally in that equation. So, yeah. I I love the space. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the connection is is quick and it's deep and it's real. Yes. Just there's, love that. There's a level of just no walls, no, mm-hmm. just they are authentic. And so you can be authentic and you don't have to beat around the bush, whatever. You just uh, authentic connection. I f- agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, Lauren, as we started to talk or we had the introduction conversation to this podcast with you and you you said, yeah, it kind of got me thinking, tell me or tell us what you've kind of been thinking about. What What's kind of sure. been rolling around your brain since we chatted? Um, I've been thinking about, okay, how does giving fit into my life? What kind of giver am I? What motivates me? Um. And as I tend to do, what could I, I was thinking about what could I do to be better? Mm. And it's natural for me to initially be like, oh, I'm doing things wrong. Mm. Um, I like, I need to be so much better than where I'm at. And so I had to kind of like dial that back and think, okay, no, where am I actually at? And I would say because of my job, I spent a lot of time at work in that mindset, but then outside of work, I don't know how proactive I am. Um, I think I'm very willing to help. And I look for opportunities very much in my own sphere, like Mm. people I know, my family and friends, which of course is giving. It's not like that's not, I think that I don't, I think I can get overwhelmed. Um, with the scale of things, if I think, oh, what could I be doing? I bet there's all these causes or all these volunteer opportunities and that kind of is overwhelming to me sometimes. So I think I'm just going to start with where I'm at and the few people I know and who do I know needs something right now, which of course is still giving. But I think I would like to be more aware of maybe mm-hmm. larger scale, kind of like both, like, you know. Yeah. When you think about this space, Lauren, and you think about the overwhelm, that sometimes you feel is that overwhelmed because of how big challenges are or how many they are or where, where does that, where does that come from? How, why do you feel that? Um, I would say probably some of both. I think even I, as I become more aware or hear about even those close to me. So a smaller sphere of just how, how many people, are struggling in one way or another and how much need there is in general. I think that is overwhelming for me to think, Oh my goodness. And that's just within people I know. Mm -hmm. But I also, but I think, okay, but I've got maybe specific skills or time that can be put aside to even reach outside of that sphere and reach more people and, help more. And if I'm, if I'm able to, then why not? And so I would say, yeah, a little bit of both, just, uh, the scale, some issues that are large, um, poverty and hunger and 
uh, yeah, sometimes it just, yeah, all feels pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me as you were talking, it reminds me of airports and they'll mm -hmm. tell you kind of why this, this ties in. When you go to airports, it is one of the, it's one of my favorite places to be actually. And it's for two reasons. The first reason is there's just a lot of people. I like being around a lot of people um, that are like going places or, or focused on something. I also really like it because it shows you how many people are in the world. And what, the reason why it kind of comes to me is, as you're talking is what I've found on my side of the equation is I've come to terms with some of these things and faced similar um, overwhelm, to be honest. I did a whole episode on compassion fatigue and how that occurs and why that occurs. And I've definitely felt that. But one thing that uh, that resonates with me within airports is, man, if everybody in that airport would do a little bit more in their sphere of influence or within their community, like that's how those problems that are huge, that's how they become a little bit more manageable. And that mindset for me has really started to help turn some of those wheels to where I don't feel as overwhelmed because I'm starting to realize that I'm not the only one that has to be involved. And if I can just focus on myself, then there can be change that can be, you know, rippling effect across domains. Mm -hmm. It's definitely very within my nature to immediately think that something is all my responsibility mm. and not want to involve other people. But that's interesting what you said about even considering other people and what impact they could make or they are making can help alleviate your own mental load Yeah, just by considering, oh, but I'm not the only one that's helping other people or giving. Other people are doing that too, yeah. and I'm just part of the equation. That's interesting. Yeah. Lauren, when you think about uh, like doing more, um, what – what calls to you around that in terms of like, why would you want to do more outside of like, you're on a podcast that's talking about giving, <laughs> like what, what, is, what a part, uh, what, what do you feel like motivates you to want to be involved at a greater extent? Um, I think interesting question I think it probably stems largely from I mean probably coming from like a place of gratitude of like knowing where I'm at and the kinds of things that I haven't had to struggle with I haven't had to worry about where my next meal is coming from um and when I think about that, then I think, oh, but some people are. Mm. They are worried about that. And I'm in a place where if I am more proactive um, or if I look to the right sources that I could be a part of helping helping people that are struggling with things that I haven't had to worry about. Um, I think, um, I'm pretty quick to, and pretty good about volunteering and helping. Like I said earlier, within my sphere of influence with friends, if someone's having a hard day, bringing something over that 
like what you might, I guess what you could term more smaller scale or maybe yeah. more of just like an emotional support. Um, I think I have less experience in donating time, talents, money, etc. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I love where we've gotten to in the conversation because this notion of having people see that they're not the only one involved in the equation is the work that Connor and I are really excited about. Like having people move anywhere on that spectrum or that continuum is really, really exciting. And what's really fun in this conversation is that we get to spend a little bit talking about like, yeah, what could that look like? And we're not going to solve it. We're not going to be like, Lauren, you know, we're going to (laughs) button up and give a gift and be like, bing. Lauren has everything that she needs now to be a a, a giver. Yeah. It's, it's more just like being able to have a little bit of a conversation around, yeah, what could that look like? And the beautiful thing about it is that my belief is that most people already kind of have an inkling around what that looks like. And most of the conversations that Connor and I have are more just like being with people and saying like, yeah, you can do that. Like we believe in your ability to start to do that. So maybe that's my next question, Lauren, is as you've, thought about what we've talked to you a little bit about uh has anything come to your mind as far as maybe some of these bigger gnarlier problems in the world that you are like man like if i could be involved with doing more in this domain or this area i would love to be involved with that has anything come to your mind just as an example like Mm. homelessness like always knocks on my heart yeah and and so just like that thing where like whenever i'm exposed to it like it feels like my soul is just like drawn toward thinking and wanting to do something. So, so that sort of a feeling, something mm-hmm. knocking on your heart. Um, hmm. um, yeah, recently, semi-recently, um, uh, some friends and I did like a clothing swap and then took all kinds of other clothing. Um, a couple of them took and donated them to women's shelter and I thought that was really interesting because I'm someone who I really enjoy thrifting and I'm very used to just taking stuff to the thrift store and dropping it off or taking it to you know like DI which is a more local um and not knowing exactly what happens to all of it you know ends up just on the floor whatever but I think that's something I've thought about more is oh there's probably um, some places that could, like the women's shelter could take from, could, there's more good that could be done by donating directly to maybe a specific organization, whether it's clothing or, um, I guess that's just something I was thinking about since then. So I, yeah, yeah or I mean, school supplies that just certain things where, Instead of money, it might be better just to make direct donations. And there's probably some things that you might have laying around that you would get rid of that someone could stand to really benefit from. So yeah. I think that's something I thought I about. That. I have something I've thought about more. Do you have any like connection or thoughts around why women's shelters like stick out to you? Or is that just a recent um, experience for you? I would say probably, I mean, maybe not anything past being a woman yeah. myself right. and... um 
that phrase knock that knocks on my heart. That's interesting. I I love that. Um, I would say that it knocks my heart because yeah. just thinking of some of the situations these people might be coming from. Um, that that is really scary for me. Like thinking about what if that was me or someone I knew and loved and knowing and feeling already that um, being a female puts me a little bit more in danger of mm. certain um, of certain things, makes me a little more vulnerable. I hate that. <laughs> That's something that really frustrates me. Right. You can ask people who know me and they're like, yeah, she, she'll go off <laughs> yeah, she about just things that are hard as a woman. So I would say that's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the phrase knocking on your heart. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that before, Connor. It's a really cool contribution. And it kind of comes back again to this um, ability for people that are on the sidelines or somewhere they're, where they're not proactively giving uh, or involved with things that are kind of outside their sphere. Everybody has something. Mm -hmm. And if everybody did that thing, it's likely that a lot of the challenges in the world, maybe not all of them, there's likely needs for organizations and governments and those type of things to um, come together around different things. But it's interesting that people often have different things that call to them and that get them in the space. And if people can start to act on those, there's like there's a lot of good that can be done. Whether it's enough to solve some of these challenges, I, I don't know yet. But there's a lot of really cool opportunity that, that comes from that. Um, Lauren, when you think about, um, we're just going to maybe zero in on this okay. um, opportunity just because yeah, dig. that's where, that's where we're at. Great. What is, what have you been thinking about Connor on, on your end? Yeah, I this? think it's so valuable to find something that resonates with your heart mm -hmm. and then to, you started doing it, putting yourself in the shoes of the person in the midst of struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, because as we place ourselves there, like our heart already cares about being there. And then when we put what our when we whatever when we try to put our mind in that space and let the two work together, we're able to to understand. I can do something, and I can relate to what that struggle would be like, and I can try to make their life a little bit lighter. And then something that we've been talking about is, and other people probably want to do that with me too. Yeah, like I'm sure that you know friends, whether in conversations that you've had before. Uh, or not that, that feel similarly, that think it would be such a hard thing to be in a, in a space where you've been treated wrongly and the things that you're scared of and that you feel disadvantaged because you're a woman, that when people have experienced those horrific things, like you can offer some light and hope in those spaces if you're a little bit intentional and you put yourself in the space with those people. Um, and so I just kind of love to explore, yeah, explore what would that look like for you and potentially someone else to, in, to set aside some time and potentially some resources, like you said, some clothing to, to, I don't know, to test something, to yeah. put an experiment mm -hmm. in motion mm -hmm. and see what it turns into. Yeah. As we've been talking, Lauren, has there been anything that's kind of come to your mind around like, Oh yeah, maybe I could do something like that. Uh, sure. Obviously. Um, I mean, first I'm like, okay, well, I would really be interested in doing more research. Um, yeah. I think 
I really like working with people. I like being face to face. Um, post pandemic or even during the pandemic, I didn't necessarily identify that much with that part of myself until after. And then I was like, Oh wow. I do really like being with people and I want to be face to face. And so donations are great. And thinking of, and I was so glad to be part of that of like, we had so many extra clothes and they're like, we almost filled the whole like drop off bin and everything. And that was so great. Um, but I'd be, I'd be interested to look into yeah. more like where I could be face to face with people, like what kind of help volunteering might they need. Yeah. And the cool in, thing, the cool yeah. thing about, uh, these spaces is that we have this thing called the internet. True. <laughs> and it's what's really funny is that most people don't turn to the internet. Yeah. There for some reason there's like this weird barrier. It's like mm-hmm. I want to be involved with a women's shelter. It's like, I don't know how I'd ever find oh, out man. more information. Like, <laughs> how what, do I do what? that? <laughs> <laughs> women's shelter in Utah <laughs> on Google. But yeah. people don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I love where your head's at because that is, from my perspective, the next step to get yeah. involved. It's like a couple quick Google searches. And then they will tell you what they need. That's the beautiful thing about some of these organizations. They'll tell you, I need donations. I need help volunteering. I need money, I, whatever it is. And then you can start to look internally and say, yeah, what would I want to give? What would what aligns for me? Is there a little bit of extra cash that I have on hand or extra clothes or extra time? And I'm just going to do this one time to get my feet wet and I'm going to see how it goes. And then from there, I'm going to do something more or pivot or whatever it might be. But it's like that proactive, in motion, ready to go, doing things that really starts to help people move in the spectrum from somebody that's passive or active even into somebody that is proactive. Because proactive means they just understand what happens next. Okay, what are the next steps? Okay, I'm going to go do some research. I'm going to go contact someone. I'm going to talk to some of my friends. And all of those things add up into bigger and bigger opportunities and you may discover that this isn't exactly what you want to be but that'll be a data point for you and then you can start to do something else so i i love that about the the proactive phase that gets us into more of the education and impact phase but i i just really appreciate that that's where we're at in the conversation yeah and i want to highlight a couple of things that i think there's a pitfall that stops us from getting into the proactive phase very well and there's a beautiful add-on that can help us stay in the proactive phase. And I just wanted to touch on both of those. A pitfall that I've noticed for myself is that when I think about doing something good, I let that like fill me up and then I often Mm. don't do anything. Mm. And I find that, that I let that be like the juice that I let that hit the chemicals in my brain. uh, And I feel good about it in the moment. And then tomorrow it's like, I've, I've forgotten. I've lost the moment. And so something that's become becoming increasingly important to me is when I'm feeling the feels, like that's when I make the phone call. Mm. It's it's convincing my myself that when my heart and my head are like, this would be a good thing, I take action in the moment and I teach myself I have power to to move. That that when I'm feeling and thinking good things, that's that's the catalyst. That's not just like, oh yeah, I should do that sometime. Yeah. Well. And then when I make those phone calls, I start to realize I can be an agent for change. That's mm. a beautiful thing. Um, and, and so, yeah, just the pitfall being for me is that if I don't act in those moments and it doesn't have to be anything big, just something, uh, take a minute of my time to do something that'll get the ball rolling. 
But when I don't, then I, I get into this habit of I think good things and I feel good when I'm thinking those good things and then it dies out. Mm-hmm. Then jumping to the what's going to keep us in the proactive phase is when we find out something that we can do that's good. So say you're, you call up the women's shelter. They say, we need this, this, and this. And you're like, sweet. And you call up your friends. You're like, let's put this together. You do that. What really has helped me stay in the proactive phase is saying, I want to elevate it. I want to make it a little bit more beautiful. I want to put like my heart's flavor, like my heart's stamp mm. on the goodness. And and often for me that that will look like writing a handwritten note because I have to like really let something out that I care about. Uh, or Or when I'm taking the items with my friends that I on purpose get in the car with them and start with like, hey, can we talk about something important? Like while we're on sure. the way, like yeah. just finding some way to, to elevate the experience because then we, we reap additional benefit. It's mm-hmm. not just, yeah, I dropped off something almost like you would at the DI and you can think like, yeah, and it's probably better. Like you're actually experiencing and intentionally putting heart and, and um, I don't know, just like your brand on something and it feels, it just feels real and I want to keep doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing about giving in this way that's more like, like real or in 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 person or tangible is there's no other authentic feeling quite like it and so that in some ways provides like the extra motivation to just if we can stay in that feeling too i think that's the other thing that moves us not only from like proactive but proactive to consistent is when we're done with that project or whatever we're doing we're feeling like man yeah that was really cool scheduling the next time in that same moment. I like that. Like you've got a little bit of space before you kind of reset back to thinking about my life and what I'm doing. And if we can use those spaces well, that's how we kind of can move ourselves there too. I like that a lot, Connor. That's great. Lauren, what, what would you add? Anything that you, that you've been thinking about on your end? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, that, the I know that you kind of changed it later, Connor. You said you were like, "Oh, heart's flavor, your brand, your whatever it is." I don't know, what it, mm. but I, I just like that phrase a lot. A lot of good heart phrases. This <laughs> during this conversation <laughs> that I was All thinking about, about. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I've just been sitting here thinking, okay, what does that look like for me, and what does that mean to me, and not necessarily that I have like an answer to that right now, but I'm th- now that's something that I'm thinking about. The wondering what that would look like for it's me. What's my brand? What's my giving brand? Yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> I that. I like mm. that. So what would I think would be really fun is I f- I've loved this conversation. This has been way better than I was even thinking it was going to be. <laughs> just because we're all like kind of in it, like nobody like, it. has all the answers, <laughs> and we're just kind of in it. And it's Waiting just the beginning. It. We're not yeah. like. Lauren's not going to leave here and be like, okay, I'm done. Like there's some real effort that's going to need to go into this. And it sounds like you're up for the effort or sure, for the yeah. task on your end. <laughs> I think what would be really fun is in, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months or whatever it is that you go out and do something around it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can just come back and revisit what that was like and have a little bit of a fault conversation down. with you around yeah. that. Yeah. Well, team, that's it for us here in the basement with Lauren 
we're really grateful that she's decided to come on and be our first here today, Lauren. So appreciate you coming on and being just such a, just a good, just a good one for the first, for the first of, of what we hope to be a, a long series, helping people and helping us. I've learned a lot today, become better givers and, and move forward in creating the change that we want to see in the world. Talk soon.